What if you need a fresh set of eyes on your writing, but the only eyes around are your own? Let's talk about self-editing this week on... Welcome to Grad School is Hard, but a Thrive PhD podcast. I'm Dr. Katie Peplin, and this is a show for everyone who's doing the hard work of being a human and a scholar. And in season three, I'm demystifying some of the most important but often invisible parts of grad school that learning about might just make your life a little bit easier. And make sure you check out the link in the show notes for my Working More Intentionally toolkit, which is available for you totally for free. Now, let's get into it. Have you ever looked at a word so frequently that it ceased to lose any meaning? This sometimes happens to me when I'm writing a lot about the same topic, and there's actually a name for it. It's called semantic satiation. It means you're literally so full of seeing that word that it doesn't make sense anymore. And if you've never had that experience, feel free to write the word spoon over and over again or say it over and over again. And I promise you that rapidly enough, you will reach the point of semantic satiation. This is a phenomenon that happens on small scales, but I also think that it's a larger metaphor for what can happen to a lot of us when we are working on the same project over the course of weeks, days, months, years. We become saturated by it. And what happens when you need to do something like revise or proofread or give something another pass and you don't have another person available to do that? It would be great if we all had easy access to supportive supervisors, amazing writing groups, editors, software to do this kind of work for us. But a lot of times it's you that needs to be working on your writing. So today, let's talk about how to make your own writing strange to you so that you can overcome that sense of feeling full up with it and get a little bit of perspective to hopefully move it forward. I'm going to share a bunch of strategies. Some might work for you, some might not. Some require various pieces of software or equipment, but a lot of them can be done for free just with what you have hanging around. So the first tool that can be really helpful is dictation or having something read aloud back to you. I know that when I am particularly stuck with my writing and I just can't stand to look at that document anymore, I will often open up a dictation window, whether that is through something like Otter or the word processing. Dictation tools that are coming more and more evolved every day. And I just talk. I talk it out. And it's not a perfect transcript. It certainly requires some editing, but it absolutely helps to bring a little bit of freshness into what I'm working on, move me out of a sticky spot more often than not. You can also have your writing be read back to you. There are all sorts of apps and extensions, more than it makes sense for me to list out here on this podcast, but it can be really helpful to, have, to hear your writing being read back to you if that's something that's accessible to you. So I know that when I listen to my own writing being read back without looking at it, I catch all sorts of things like the phrases that I use at the top of every paragraph or my, in, <laughs> or my predilection to use some of the same pieces of vocabulary and sentence structures to the point where they become repetitive and almost silly sounding. I catch 
the repetition of ideas. I catch places where my logic jumps. And bonus, it usually gives me a little bit of rest from the eye strain that I can feel scrolling up and down a really large document. Speaking of scrolling up and down a really large document, if you work visually on a computer, then it can be very, very helpful to change the way that your writing looks to you on a visual level. This is because our brains become accustomed to seeing certain words, certain places at the same time. So if you've been working on a document for, say, weeks or months, your brain kind of has stored shortcuts and it makes it really hard to catch things like typos or repetition because you're so used to seeing it. There's a lot of different ways that you can change it visually. The classic is to print it out. Look at it on a different medium. I love to actually go one step further, change location, even if it's just to another side of my desk, to look at it in a completely different form. However, not all of us are members of the class where we have access or even the capability to print out huge long documents. So you can also go into your word processing program and change the font. I recommend that you pick something relatively obnoxious and definitely a big change from whatever font that you traditionally draft in. The reason is because if you change the size and you change the way that the actual letters look, it's going to give you more of that sense of newness and freshness. And then bonus, you can actually start to change that font back to whatever the standard is, and it gives you a very quick visual reference as to what pieces of the writing have been looked over and what pieces haven't yet. I know that if I use a font that I do not find appealing, it actually encourages me to move through some of these revision stages just that much faster to get rid of that ugly font on my screen. Any of these tools, though, rely on a somewhat dramatic change to give you some space between how you're used to working with your writing as it's in progress and how you want to encounter it in this new, fresher writing session. Like I mentioned, changing location can be really helpful. I know that for me, it was really useful to go to the library every so often and work on a piece of writing there, that big change, even if it didn't involve any other interventions, brought a little bit of freshness to it. But the gold standard for all of these is to actually let your writing rest. Now, I was a grad student. I work with grad students. I know that there are often situations where you do not have a lot of time in between when you've drafted something and when it needs to go out to its next stage, say an advisor check or a supervisor meeting or sometimes even to the editor or the college to submit it. So the amount of time and space that you can give yourself between writing sessions is going to vary greatly. But any amount of rest that you can give certain sections of your writing is going to help. So say you are in a big deadline crunch to submit a big chapter to your supervisor by the end of the week. I recommend chunking it up and picking parts of that chapter to work on at various different points so that you're alternating and moving through the document as opposed to going over and over again the same piece that you've been looking at. This does give you a little bit of distance. It might not be, you know, two weeks to come back completely, 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to look at that piece of writing again, but even the space of a couple of hours can give you a little bit more of a different perspective that can help you catch some of the things that the revision process is meant to catch. Writing, especially academic writing, the further that you get into your career, needs more and more work after the initial drafting stage. I know how frustrating it was for me as an undergrad student because I would write my papers, and I'm not proud of this, but I am honest about it. I would write my papers the night before, if not the morning of, depending on how much I cared about the class and how well prepared I was. And it was a big shock for me when I reached the next levels of my writing where I simply could not write a pretty solid draft the night before and turn it in, at least not without doing some serious harm to my body or, you know, just not meeting the bar that was expected of me in this new stage. So learning how to revise was not at all a straightforward process, but some of these tips really helped me be able to come back to my writing with a little bit of freshness, a little bit of perspective, and that made all the difference. If you are looking for more support with your academic writing, November is ACRIMO, which, despite being a very difficult word to say, is actually one of my favorite times of year. I share all sorts of free resources through my newsletter, and you can sign up absolutely for free at any point during this month using the link in my show notes. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Grad School is Hard, but you can find more information and resources in the show notes and at thrive-phd.com. Every month, I'll select one reviewer for a free 45-minute session with me. So please subscribe, rate, and review to help spread the word about the show. Thanks so much, and I'll see you again soon.